0: Welcome to Lipstick Attitude, hosted by Dr. Elizabeth King, psychotherapist, hypnotherapist, author, and motivational speaker, specializing in trauma and women's mental health, and Yvonne Haas, psychotherapist and coach specializing in relationships, couples, and women's issues. This show is your dose of inspiration, information, and laughter. In each episode, Dr. King and Yvonne bring you hacks, tips, and inspiring stories to help you live a successful life. So ladies, grab your lipstick. It's time to do this. The Lipstick Attitude Podcast is powered by Suits, Stilettos, and Lipstick Foundation, a nonprofit movement to empower women and children from all walks of life to be resilient, self-confident, and purposeful leaders through education, mentorship, and community outreach. To learn more, visit sslwomen.org. Please note that this show is intended to empower and educate. It is not meant to be utilized as a substitute for individual therapy.
1: Well, hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello, Yvonne. Good morning. Good morning. Hello, Scarlett. Morning. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) This is Dr. Elizabeth King, and this is the Lipstick Attitude. Thank you so much for joining us today for another
0: episode. And yes, welcome, welcome, everybody. Who is my co host? I'm not sure. No, I'm just kidding. Good morning, everyone. Yvonne Haas here, co-host. I thought I was the host and you were the co-host.
1: Yeah, that, That's probably more the truth. <laughs> I remember Remember, I left for a minute and you took over the show.
0: It was like <laughs> a year and a half. It was, it
1: was like a, a New minute. York minute,
0: baby. That's a, it was a year and a half, I think. Yes. <laughs> you know what? Seriously, it could have been two months. I have no idea.
1: It was a year and a half, but really, as soon as I left, I don't think my seat was uh, actually cold (laughs) before you took over and changed the name to the show to include your name in it. And here you are. (laughs)
0: Correct.
1: Correct. So, anyways, that's Yvonne Haas. So, it's the woman that took over my show.
0: I'll Listen, you. I, I may have improved it. No, I'm totally kidding, everybody. Totally but
1: anyway. improved it. Why do you think I keep you around? <laughs> <laughs>
0: of course you improved I thought it was then. just because so I was cute. Well, anyway, <laughs> I am super excited today because we have the honor and pleasure of introducing one of my favorite people, Miss um, Scarlett Clark, and you will know her and love her by the end of this interview, if you don't know her already, because there are so many people I'm like, oh, do you know Scarlett? And they're like, who doesn't know Scarlett? Aww. And she is just a ball of energy. So so with no further ado, Miss Scarlett Clark, for the past nine and a half years, Scarlett has been employed with B&L Service Incorporated who owns Yellow Magazine, Yellow Cab of Broward, Go Airport Shuttle, Cable Insurance, YC Delivery, and YC Auto Repair and Body Shop, as Director of Marketing. Additionally, she has managed the Gaddis Family Foundation who has donated to various nonprofit organizations like the Boys and Girls Club of Broward County, the Jewish Federation, Special Olympics of South Florida, Women in Distress, Exceptional Theater Company, and many more, including Suit Stilettos and Lipstick Foundation. They have played a huge <laughs> role in donating Good. to us. When Scarlett is not working, she is supporting and giving back to Alcoholics Anonymous, a community she credits with saving her life. Scarlett has three children Lauren, Ryan, and Mariah. Scarlett, welcome to the Lipstick Attitude Podcast.
2: Thank you so much, guys. Yay. It's so nice to see you on a Saturday morning. I, I mean, let's just call it what it is. Dedication. We got lipstick is what it is. going on
0: on a Saturday. <laughs> yes. We got dedication. lipstick on a Saturday. Of a tropical storm, let's not forget that, right? Yes. Oh, my right.
1: Goodness. We are committed or should be committed. One of the two,
0: <laughs> you know, I say I mean that every day. <laughs> a nice combination of two somewhere is my jam, like between being committed and being committed. It is, like depending yeah. on absolutely,
2: where absolutely. I guess so today, that's what
0: unites us. <laughs> there, there, there's a lot that unites us. There's a lot of crazy in this room right now. Right, All right. Yes. So, Charlotte, we are super excited. So, the Lipstick Attitude uh, was born to to promote women and, and our stories and our challenges. And we are super excited to have you here today to hear your lipstick attitude and the challenges and the hurdles that you have overcome that brings you to be the most amazing woman that you are sitting here today. So what, what is your lipstick attitude story, my love? What are the challenges? Cause you know, I think people look at you and they're like, that girl's just got it together. She's got no challenges, there are no hurdles. But I have a feeling that you've had a few considering that, you know, I already know you. <laughs> So, so true. But
2: I really have to, you know, I want to go back to the, to the beginning. And I want to say it was, um, I'm going to say five or six years ago, I was at this breakfast. It, uh, it was a chamber breakfast at, I want to say Lauder Hill. And, uh, you know, it was before the breakfast and people are meandering around. And all of a sudden, like from across the room I saw this like dark-haired beautiful woman with this red lipstick and I thought I thought the same thing I was like oh my god this woman really has her act together she was smiling and she was she was radiant and I thought yep yeah, I want I want to be in her world and uh, so I walked over And introduced myself and she said to me my name is dr. Elizabeth King and there was this I'm gonna call it there was this instant connection don't you think dr. Elizabeth a 1000% for sure yeah it was it was like we started to talk about uh, women and empowerment and uh, just things in general and the conversation flowed so well that I, I believe you and I could have we could have talked all day.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It was
2: just amazing.
1: And since so then, we uh, have not stopped connecting. Since then I know. Been, it's just been it's just been an amazing ride.
2: And the thing that, the thing that I, you know, I have to start back at the beginning, because that is the beginning of my suit, stiletto, and lipstick story. And, uh, and when I think about the next time, because of course you called me and we met for lunch. And um, again, it was so easy to just put it all out there and and i think that when i think about women's empowerment it is about putting it all out there and and suit stiletto and lipstick allowed me to do that uh there was there was laughter there were tears in our lunch i laid out my story and i say this whenever i'm asked uh about about our affiliation and our connection there was that there was never one moment of judgment not one
1: thank you so much for for sharing that scarlett um your story is so powerful and so inspiring uh your your story i think will change many lives and will continue to change many lives because i know you shared it on stage at our conferences and our retreats and uh, We're so excited to have it here on the podcast because I think especially right now as women are struggling with COVID and all the uncertainties that are before them, um, there, are, there are so many women struggling with sobriety and, and being able to keep that path. So I think that if we can backtrack uh, to how you have gotten here. Uh, what has, what have been your challenges, what have been your, your life hacks to get here? I think that would be so important to so many. So why don't you go ahead and, and tell us how this whole journey began for you.
2: Um, well, and I will, I, again, I, meeting uh, you and Yvonne kind of brought me back to that story. Um, because it started um, when I, I was a little girl. Uh, I was born and raised in key west florida i'm what they call a conch and uh my first you know as a very young young child my first uh remembrance of of feelings that i had there were two there were two significant feelings number one was a feeling of fear and number two was a feeling um that i posted today on my facebook page and and it was a feeling of not good enough i i just wasn't good enough and i say that because the fear piece of it was because um i i remember when i was eight years old and i was standing in monroe general hospital and my mother was in a hospital room, uh, dying of alcoholism. She was a model and she was 40. And I, I remember standing outside of the room, not really understanding, I remember the smell, that sterile kind of smell. And the smell of the hospital invoked fear and you know in my in my house where i was growing up you didn't talk about what was wrong or feelings or those types of things uh that just was never discussed even though i was raised in a home uh upper middle class and beautiful homes beautiful a beautiful home beautiful cars but inside was chaos and so I remember standing outside of the hospital room with my sister, who was uh, five years, six years older than me, and thinking, "Well, you know, what's what's going on here?" My mom was sick, but sick to me meant you were coming home. Sick to me meant you had the flu. Sick to me meant you had a stomach ache. And so when the doctor came out and said, my mother's name was Ramona, and when the doctor came out and told my grandmother and uh, my father and my uncle that my mother had passed away um i remember i remember this gut-wrenching whale that my grandmother um just felt falling apart that her o- her only daughter had just died at 40 of alcoholism mm-hmm. a disease that is but that time was marred by shame and so uh my father um who drank like my mother did, because what I found out was, as I grew up, that you te- we tend to gravitate towards people who are like-minded. And so my, da- my dad, again, he was successful as well, but he drank like my mother did. So he, uh, he came up to my sister and I and told us, you know, I love you, but but I just, I can't raise you. So you're going to go live with your grandmother so i remember walking out of that hospital uh at monroe general hospital at eight years old fatherless and motherless and i think that's really what started my journey um i again i think my grandmother wanted to do everything to shield my sister and i from any more hurt we also had a brother from my my half brother from my mother's first marriage and my grandmother wanted to shield us from this, from any more hurt because we had experienced so much trauma. And um, my brother, we all dealt with it differently. But my brother, when he was 24 and had just graduated from the University of Miami Law School, the pain of our childhood was just too much. And I was 12, and uh, he committed suicide the next day right after graduation from law school so you know growing up all i knew was death and hurt and and my grandmother did her best she really did her best but she was so broken and so uh filled with sadness that she was unable physically and emotionally to really really give my sister and i what we needed so we both took very separate roads. And my road uh, led to um, very, I'm very successful. When I say what if my, one of the things that my family taught me uh, was this all or none, this black or white. Mm-hmm. And they very much had that, had that uh, thought process when it came to work. So I had this work ethic that is outrageous. And in some ways I feel like my work was a place where i went to hide because i knew nothing about being connected emotionally i i I, nobody had taught me that so i connected with what i knew and that was work so it was it was atlanta it was the 80s everybody was having fun i was a director of restaurants for a company in atlanta and i went when i left home at 19 i went bananas bananas i just didn't i i had been shielded i i just didn't know what life was really about and so i went bananas and um the 80s was full of drugs and alcohol and disco and fun and thinking i lived every day like it was my last The problem was, is that I didn't have any life coping skills. So of course, you know, I, at 20, I, I'm looking for my dad and my dad, I found my dad in a man. And, um, thought I was in love and, oh, he was, you know, just beautiful and I've got to marry him. And so the problem was, is I also didn't have any sense of, what was uh, right and wrong i just knew that i needed to be happy and so the the truth of the matter is he was married and i didn't i didn't care i i, I just needed to be loved and so um i'll never forget the day when his wife uh flew down to atlanta he had lived in uh south carolina and she flew down and she confronted me and she said um I hope somebody does this to you someday and I will never forget that as long as I live because um it ended up when I did finally find a program it did not end up being one of my first amends and I had two children beautiful beautiful children with my ex-husband and Wasn't my first marriage because if the grass looked green on the other side or something went wrong I didn't know how to handle it. I dove into work. I knew nothing about nurturing relationships so I think when um I can just I can just weave that into the chaos of my life And there were a lot of you know a lot of drugs a lot of alcohol So I didn't really have to think about my consequences and I was fortunate enough to where I had done very well at work. And so my children, which I ended up uh, having another child with a second marriage ended, uh they were raised by nannies. I had no idea how to connect to children, none. But I'm, I'm twirling through life and oh, this looks like a good idea. And oh, I was drunk, I forgot to take my birth control. And oh, you know, every, every type of internal chaos you can imagine so um long story short uh i moved uh about 10 years to fall lauderdale i had been uh, recruited for a vice president's position in a company here and for the first time in a very long time you guys no one i knew nobody no one was watching me and i had been very close to an alcohol and pill problem for a very long time, I was what they called successful, which um, I was functioning. I made money. I drove a Mercedes. I couldn't possibly be an alcoholic. I couldn't possibly be like my mother. It was the one thing in life that scared me the most. God, please don't let, please don't make me like my mother, please. And I felt like for my entire life I was running from crazy, but I didn't. And this is very important. I didn't want to ask for help. I, I, I didn't want anyone to know my secrets. And I had many. I had many secrets. And it was a prison that I lived in for decades. I mean, decades. Um, and I moved here. And slowly but surely, it took about a year. And one day I am at work, I am looking at a set of plans and I think to myself, I'm going insane. I'm going insane. Drinking was not working anymore. Pills were not working anymore. I felt this sense of hopelessness, just hopelessness. And that day I left a vice president position walked out after talking to the president without a job.
0: Without a job.
1: Wow. That, that must have taken a ton of courage to do that. And, and, and so like what was going through your head, Scarlett? What, what made you get the courage to stand up and do that?
2: You know what it was, Dr. King? It was hopelessness a state of complete and utter demoralization. Because what I realized, and it still brings me to tears, what I realized is that titles, jobs, money, Mercedes, purses, clothes, jet aimed, mattered. And I had worked for decades so that you would look at me and say oh well Scarlet, she's vice president of so and so which made me somebody with and so when i when i look back at it it came back to that child of not being good enough no matter what my title was it just didn't matter and the honest part of it is is i felt like i went home i had more wine and and pills. And I remember I had a condominium on Las Olas and I was on the eighth floor. And I remember walking out to the balcony going, is this all there is? Is this all there is? I just wanted to die. And um, so that complete and utter hopelessness in that moment, it was either jump like my brother had done, or have ha- this moment of clarity where I realized that I was going to have to change everything. And it scared the dickens out of me. And all I remember that night is blackness. It was black it was blackness and when I woke up in the morning I woke up face down on the floor one shoe on one shoe off I must have hit my head because I was bleeding and got up looked at my face and said enough is enough and I um I went I cleaned up I went to my computer I pulled up AA meetings close to me on Google and I crawled into AA. And that was 11 years ago in this October.
1: Congratulations. That's just-
2: Happy birthday. Thank you. But what I really want, and, and I'm gonna pull this back to, I'm gonna pull this back to you guys, because this is an important point. I, from the time I met you and Yvonne I was in love I was like oh my goodness this is my tribe I wanted I want in and but I will have to share and I don't I think I've shared this with you but I'm not sure that I've shared it with the two of you together and even after the significant time that I had being clean and sober I looked at you too and I was like i'm not enough these two beautiful women they're successful and they're they do so much and my first thought was i'm not enough and it had nothing to do with what you said to me or yvonne said to me it was what was inside and so i thank god i had had a foundation and with my sponsor oh don't cry because i will i know i um i i, had did,
1: not the foundation. I did not expect this by the way you know this no, is like me either doing, doing <laughs> live, live po- podcast recording
2: you can't prepare well, for some of this you know me well, yeah so i had a, a i have an aa sponsor who is 88 years old and she taught me that i can ask for help and I did, and I was honest with with her. You guys, you guys um, oh, welcomed me with open arms, and 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 the women, and the women were never never judgmental. We would sit in meetings with my good friend, and I have to mention her because she made such a difference in my life. Heidi Dennis, and I will never forget the conversation that Heidi Dennis and I had at a conference. And so when I, when you asked me to do this, what I wanted people and everybody out there, men, women, because there is a, there is a, uh, sometimes there's this perception out there that alcoholics and drug addicts are people under bridges or on a bench that you see or holding up the signs when you get to a red light and i am here to say that's part of it but i am part of it and so meeting you guys and being able to sit in in a circle while we discuss how to be of service i think what you guys taught me is that service begins with us it begins with with us and i um so being in suit stiletto and lipstick was just one other huge piece that eventually helped me realize that just as i am just as you guys are today sitting here on a rainy saturday morning that
0: we're all enough we're all enough wow <laughs> i don't know if i, I, don't I can't even compose. Know really know how to follow that up yeah. I,
1: don't, I don't either you oh. have render us both speechless which is very difficult to do yeah <laughs> so it is now we have to compose ourselves scarlett <laughs> uh, wow
0: you know scarlett i just feel like you are you you started this story talking about how your your life started from this place of fear and loss and and it, People would never know that about you meeting you because whenever I talk about you, and you know I've connected you with a few people on Facebook because they're in recovery as well, and I say to them, "No, you don't understand. I read this woman's post every morning, and she inspires me to be better, you know, to just take something on. they're so beautifully written, and they apply to everybody, whether mm-hmm. you are in recovery or not, your posts apply to everybody." But there had to be such a mind shift for you to go from that place of fear and, and almost like, not almost, abandonment to, I mean, you, you seem like one of the most positive and you're such a connector. Like, so there had to be such a mind shift for you to, to make that transition.
2: You know, it's funny because, um, when I got to AA, they said, um, Scarlett, Uh, You don't have to change one thing. You have to change everything. And I've got to tell you guys, my first couple of years in sobriety, I cried. That's all I did. I cried. I, I I couldn't believe my life had been, in my eyes, reduced to AA and I can't drink and my life is over and all of that. And so it was a mind shift. It, and, and, and let me tell you, it's even 11 years later, you guys, and we could probably have a whole nother podcast about this, um, I am still, I'm single. I'm single because I have had to spend some significant time with what you just related to, Yvonne, and that's abandonment issues. It shows up at work it shows up in my relationships it shows up in my friendships you know if i don't get a text back oh my god you know it you know i've had to spend significant time loving myself that let me change that liking myself a lot um and, and it's a continuing mind shift it's it's i yeah i t- t- this morning i wanted to when I was reading my journal and, and looking at my daily reading, it was about gratitude. It was about gratitude. And, and I just want to, if I might, just read what the beginning was. And it was like, we learn the magical lesson that making the most of what we, ha- what we have turns it into more. And that's um, Codependent No More by Melody Beatty and i had to shift the first shift i had to make was forgiving me was forgiving me because because sobriety um has come with consequences it has it's come with consequences it's come with things that i i had this i had this idea that if i got sober and clean wow everything's going to change and everything's going to be a storybook ending and that's not been the case. I my life is a hundred percent better and I am very grateful. But it hasn't it hasn't all been roses and this coronavirus, let's bring it back to the beginning. This coronavirus and being isolated reason is that I can get to a point of gratitude is because of women like you and Yvonne. And the and the connection that suits stiletto and lipstick has shown me in my life and when i think of you too it just brings tears to my eyes because i am i look at your friendship and i have friendships like that also and i know that there's no amount of money fame relation romantic relationships that will ever be as valuable to me as my friendships and you too just make me cry because You're i believe what women need <laughs> oh i mean you are women empowering women the last sentence the i last just sentence. Uh, i i want to i want to tell you that your friendship has been so inspiring and suit stiletto and lipstick through their constant and vigilant and loving connection has taught me through this time of isolation how to support not only myself with love others with love and women supporting women with love and i i just want to thank you so much for letting me tell my story today
1: well thank you for sharing your story i I had no idea we were going to be in tears but to co-host uh, crying through an interview. I'm not uh, crying,
0: you're crying. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't know what that piece you <laughs> had to do then on your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were blotting your makeup. That's what that was. I was, was like, I was
0: just fixing my makeup. Yeah, oh,
1: thank you so much for sharing your story, uh, Scarlett. I, I have a question for you. If you could summarize your powerful story into a couple of sentences. For a woman that's out there right now, just on that fence, feeling that hopelessness, feeling that darkness, right now, right now thinking, I can't do it one, I can't do one more day. I cannot continue on this path. I have no hope. What could you say to them, heart to
2: heart, right now? Two words. me too me too there are women out here who have been there and the two most powerful important words i want everybody out there to understand reach out reach out to me me too thank you ladies so much thank you wow
1: thank you all right I guess I Ugh. after I clean up the the <laughs> the the, boring, running the mascara, mascara, and the mascara woo. this is a perfect time to put on our lipstick attitude um um but before I I forgot one last question because I need to know before we put on our lipstick attitude what would you like your legacy to be
2: cool to be the voice of the voiceless, to be the key that unlocks the prison, and to be the love where no judgment lies in my life and in the life of others. Wow.
1: I think you're doing it already, my love.
0: I was just thinking that you're already,
2: you're living your legacy,
1: baby. You're you're living it completely (laughs) and utterly perfect. Let's do it.
2: There we go.
1: Putting on your lipstick attitude is putting on your war paint. It's reminding us that you have the courage, you have the grit to go out there and face the world and be successful and be happy. I hope this program, I know this program, has touched many lives. Thank you, Scarlett Clark, for being you for just sharing your message of just internal beauty and exterior beauty because you are enough, my dear. You are enough. Love you so much. So I, I think with that, we're gonna end our program. I think we have a lot to talk about and think about, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you.
2: Thank you, ladies. Yeah.